Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent conversations we've had on JM and the AM. Rifki Kleiman is author of the brand new cookbook, Simply. Go to artscroll.com. You get your discount and free shipping with promo code radio. Rifki Kleiman on JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, the world is talking because uh, we made this announcement earlier in the week that Rifki Kleiman would be joining us live via telephone. The actual release date, and this will get a big Mazel Tov wish from me to her in a minute, the actual release date is October the 27th. Today is the actual release date of the cookbook simply entitled Simply. That's the name of the book, Simply. Simple Gourmet Every Day. Rifki Kleiman has made quite a reputation for herself in the uh, world of kosher cookbooks. The uh, You'll remember what the Simply Gourmet did and how many people were uh, talking about it and continue to talk about it as they prepare for a Shabbos Yontif or any day of the year uh, in the kitchen. And now we have uh, a companion volume, if you will, or the sequel or the, I don't know, we'll find out how she refers to it. Uh, and it's called Simply. Uh, go to artscroll.com. Uh, discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com. Discount and free shipping if you use promo code radio. And we got word from Artscroll earlier this week that this book is already flying, which obviously means <clears throat> since today is the first release date, obviously means the pre-orders have been amazing, which is also fantastic news uh, for Rifki and, and really for everybody who loves to uh, cook and eat great food. Rifki Kleiman, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me, and I am so honored to be here again. Appreciate that. And uh, as I always remind everybody, your family and my family have a unique history that if we told the story, nobody would ever believe it anyway. So it's always <laughs> wonderful to reunite with you and your family uh, under these circumstances. And may I say that official Mazal Tov that I alluded to earlier, today is the official release date. I'm I'm sure you got up with a little extra pep in your step this morning knowing that today it hits the stores. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the greatest feeling ever. I'm actually <laughs> reminiscing to when Simply Gourmet came out and my daughter walked into Judaica Plaza with my grandson and he points at a pile piled high of Simply Gourmet books, and he's like, that's my puppy's book. <laughs> I'm really not old, folks, just putting that out there. <laughs> We're, and I can attest to that. Worthy just for that, huh? just to hear that reaction from your grandchild. <laughs> it's worth doing the entire book. Uh, you know, and by the way, I, I, well, I have to assume in 2021, one of the reasons the book is called Simply is because of time, speed. Uh, people are concerned, especially as we get back into a quote-unquote normal life, people are concerned about you know how much time they have to spend in the kitchen in order to make a quality dinner or any type of meal for their family. So if you go to the end of the book, and I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for st starting at the end, but I got to point this out. You go to the end of the book and you have estimated times for certain you know dinners, for certain recipes that you've put together, right? And exactly. and I and I would imagine, in all seriousness, because of that pressure of knowing that twenty minutes is so different for the person responsible for the dinner in the house than twenty five minutes, you probably thought long and hard before putting a number on any of those. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm like amazed. You hit the nail on the head. During the COVID lockdown, there was a resurgence in people all of a sudden discovering their kitchen. And whereas many of them had gotten so used to just takeout, all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, the world is shut down. Right. I actually really need to cook or I need to learn how to do this again. And Baruch Hashem, I'm so happy that we're slowly opening up again. But, yes, that is exactly what Simply is about, showing you that you can put on your table la creme de la creme. It can be gourmet, but don't get scared by that word. It's not a dirty word. (laughs) You can put food that is elevated, delicious, and can be prepared simply and quickly. Because gore- and I love that you went to the end of the book because <laughs> one of my little quips at the beginning was it's usually not recommended to go to the end of the book and read the ending before you start the book. But over here, it's absolutely recommended because that little section that you looked at is called my simple supper section. Right. It's all about simplifying your life. Not only does it let you know prep time and total completion time. It also gives you guides to how to complete a dinner, like what you can make alongside that particular dish, as well as tips and tricks for the woman that needs to be able to prep ahead, whether it's freezing, how to make a double batch, freeze it, and then prep it for later, different uses for that dish, as well as how to prep ahead, let's say, the night before so you come home and just on the table in a flash. I'm glad you noticed that. Thank you. You actually call that guide Simple Supper. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But I I have to point out that, I mean, look, in the subtitle, you're the author. In the subtitle, I would assume you insisted that the word gourmet be there. And it's funny that, you know, there there are a lot of simple, quote-unquote, cookbooks out there. And there are things that people can prepare, you know, in five, ten minutes if they really want to and, you know, toss it on the table and serve it to their family. But your point is, don't think gourmet means three, four hours. You could think gourmet can be a finite amount of time and a reasonable amount of time, and yet it's really gourmet. Yet it tastes gourmet and it looks gourmet, right? Absolutely. And that you, you're really honing in on what my MO is about. <laughs> to me, just like everybody else, I always worked really, really hard. Baruch Hashem raised a family, and it was like, just like everybody in the world, you have that rush. Okay, so what am I getting on my table? And I really consider myself a master of being able to get dinner on the table in a half hour that is really a well-composed dinner, you know, including everything that you need, not just giving mac and cheese, although it's interesting. When I made mac and cheese or I served pizza, oh, my God, I was the best mother in the world. <laughs> and you, you don't want to risk that reputation by by preparing steak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or having a nice meatloaf. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to risk that. Rifki Kleiman's with us. The book is simply called Simply, no joke. And you point out something in, in that Simple Supper um, uh, uh, section uh, that everyone has to consider, and that is that um, the preparation time is a big chunk of cooking time. And if you can reduce your 60-minute commitment in the kitchen on a, on a regular day to 30 minutes because you've done that prep before or you've used just Sundays a certain way or just in any advanced time you know, or any spare time you may have uh, in advance, that's a very, very big help. Just walking in, I'm sure, to the kitchen and knowing you know, psychologically I'm spending 30 minutes in here as opposed to an hour, just giving an example, obviously is a very comforting feeling. 
absolutely. I have to be honest. I'm not so sure I believe that you're not a man that putters in the kitchen. You are just way too savvy. You get it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. If I told you the three or four things I actually could cook, you'd be very disappointed. (laughs) uh, I can't imagine. (laughs) Even COVID didn't get me to start experimenting in the kitchen. I'm like the big exception in this country, frankly. And by the way, one of the the COVID points that you hit on, but I want to reiterate, is that people had time. In other words, people, you know, if, if something took an hour, an hour and a half during COVID, great. We have a family activity. But now, you know, as we get back into regular life, please, God, you know, you, you want to make those same recipes and prepare the same type of food. But, you know, time is limited. We're back to we're back to everyone having a really busy schedule. And I think that's really important. That's why the timing of your book couldn't be better, frankly. And I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you intended it that way. But I mean, you look back at October of 2021; it's like the perfect month for it to be released. Absolutely, I really do pray that those that found the newfound love for the kitchen will keep it going because, exactly like you said, it doesn't have to be right. all-encompassing and an all-day affair. No question about it. And I have a feeling, based on, based on the people that I know, that they are keeping that. Uh, uh, that love for what they've discovered over uh, over COVID. Rifki Kleiman is with us. Today is day one, everybody. It's the release date of the brand new cookbook. The book is called Simply, Simply Gourmet Every Day. Yet another important point about your subtitle, by the way. People shouldn't think that a gourmet dish, even if it takes a short amount of time, is limited to once or twice a week. You can do this as often as you want for your family. So exactly. It's, and so it's there every are day. so many different options. That's why I focused on the every day, because right. you can pick for every day of the week, you can pick and, and feel like you're, everything is new because there are so many options. Now, when we go to the dairy section and you're making your fresh spinach fettuccine and the three cheese stuffed mushrooms, do those not get the same reaction as the, uh, as the mac and cheese? Do those, did I, I, would, I, would ima- <laughs> I would imagine there's still a lot of people in your house that are pretty happy when those come out of the oven. Actually, they just said, hey, Mom, that's like the adult mac and cheese. Right. That was very, very quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, and, and, and we've seen cookbooks that concentrate on certain sections and certain categories that we're used to serving for our families. You seem to have them all. In other words, you're not limiting yourself to dairy or what, quote-unquote, people may call healthy items, salads, etc. I mean, you're, you're getting everything uh, into this cookbook. So if someone wants to cook a great dairy meal or prepare a salad or soup and obviously fish or meat, poultry, etc., and the baked goods for dessert, they're going to find everything in this. I really appreciate that. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it is definitely a complete comprehensive cookbook right. that I feel covers straight through, especially if you want those little baked goods or desserts. It's all there. Yeah. All right, let's go to the meat section. Give me, give me. I know you can't do this. No one's choosing their favorites on the air, and certainly you don't want to insult any of the other dishes. But <laughs> and, and, and they're all your babies, and they're all your children. I get all of that. But give me one. Give me one that you need to point out to this audience, and they got to check out once that book is in their hands. Specifically from the meat section. Yeah, why not? Let's start with. I mean, come on, it's the meat section after all. Where else would you start a gourmet meal? <laughs> it's funny because it's been quipped that. I'm known as the queen of cheesecake. Oh, is that funny? And then the meat queen. Right. So, like, it, it's not an oxymoron, <laughs> but um, so I would really have to say that um, there are quite a few recipes that blow me away. There's one that um, there's a maple-glazed French roast for those that mm. like a medium-rare roast. Mm-hmm. It has that perfect 
It's not sweet. It's not tart. It's, it's just got that perfect balance that you taste it and you are like, mmm. And I will actually put out there, um, I had made that recipe up, up for Mahudur Meats in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. And people went crazy for it. They went so crazy for it that I said, you know what? I need to include it in my book. It, it just was that good. And I will tell you, if you're someone who likes your meat done low and slow, oh, my gosh, check it out. There is so much to check out that is delicious. Well, uh, frankly, it sounds fantastic. Now, can can the average person, uh, and, um, you, you know, some, some may be skeptical, as I ask this, but can the average person get these dishes to look the way your photographer got them to look because it's a it's a brilliant photographic job in my opinion and your lamb chops frankly <laughs> I mean if those baby lamb chops with roasted garlic vinaigrette you know were, were served to me I would think I'm in the fanciest restaurant uh, you know in the country um, who's responsible for the photographs and can people at home get their dishes to look as good as this absolutely so the photographs the photography was done by high photography high burger. And the food stylist is Renee Muller, and I thank Hashem every day for my absolutely unbelievable dream team. Um, Who can excitedly, like you said, with a pep in their step, wake up in the morning and go, it's really not going to be that long of a day because it's going to be great companionship, it's going to be great workmanship, and then great food when we're done. (laughs) And I like the fact that the standing rib roast, uh, they insisted actually stand. (laughs) <laughs> oh, actually, actually, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know if that's one of my favorite babies. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That one is epic. Yeah. I, you see, it's because I don't have the book in front of me. I'm sorry, Standing Rib Roast. You were not forgotten. That is like, oh, my gosh, that is so good. Yeah, believe me, it looks delicious. I was referring to the picture and how they have the Standing Rib Roast posed for that photo. <laughs> I know. You like that? And, you know, you don't really want to see the behind-the-scenes BTS, you know? <laughs> I imagine it's a bit complicated, but the final product does look fantastic. Rifki Kleiman is with us live via telephone. We are celebrating the release of a brand-new cookbook. Her book is entitled Simply. Go to artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. We recommend you use promo code radio. You get your discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. You know what it's like when a great cookbook comes out. you got to buy one for everybody in the family who needs one. So place that order today and make sure to use Promo code radio at artscroll.com. All right, if you're known as the queen of cheesecake, we have no choice, Rifki, but to ask you for a recommendation or something that strikes your fancy from the dairy section. Uh, and we'll get to the baked goods, of course. Don't worry. I'm, 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 I'm just flipping to the table of contents. I could check out the dairy delights. It looks like you have, I'll tell you, between stuffed shells and spinach fettuccine and ravioli with mushroom vodka sauce. Looks like looks like you have almost the complete uh, Italian dairy menu uh, uh, um, covered here. Uh, which one? Which one of these would you uh, would you emphasize to people who are picking up the book for the first time? I got to be honest. There, all three of them are really, really, really simple recipes. Oh wow! The ravioli. If you're really looking to do something in like seconds, it's store bought. We cheated. So all you're really doing is working on the vodka sauce and then boiling up your ravioli. So if you want a good cheat, you got it right there. And that's minutes. And and, and that's many, many fewer minutes than a a typical half hour. Exactly. And if you look at that spinach fettuccine, what's unbelievable, it's a brand new product on the market. It was like I was walking down the aisles and I was like, I must do a recipe with this because you see all these videos of people making fresh pasta. And I'm like, wow, to actually be able to purchase that fresh pasta on the shelf is 
epic. And you know what? I always make sure to put into my books. I don't want people getting like overwhelmed if they can't find it. You can buy a box of regular pasta and prep it if you want. So it'll just boil for 8 to 11 minutes to al dente, depending on what your preference is, as opposed to the three minutes if you buy fresh pasta. So I, I really like to give the variations just in case so nobody finds it overwhelming. Interesting. And I'm so glad we hit on this point. People would be hesitant if they're trying to be gourmet to rely as much on the supermarket as you just described. You're saying nothing wrong with it. Not only that, the products out there are so good that they're going to come out delicious. Exactly. And the stuffed shells really are so good. I love that there is that um, homemade marinara sauce. And yes, for all you busy women, if you want to use jarred, I won't tell anyone it's going to be (laughs) almost as good. But what's beautiful about the marinara sauce is that you can, it makes a large amount and it freezes beautifully. So I just recommend put it in two cup increments into your freezer and voila, it's there and ready. So then you're really just mixing a couple of ingredients for your cheese filling and that really just takes moments. And that again simplifies your life. Rifki Kleiman's with us. The book is called Simply. We're going through some of the uh, the items that she uh, has published in the book. We can't do everything, obviously, and there is a great fish section. I know a lot of people today love their tilapia and love their bronzino and a whole bunch of those, and there are a lot of great recipes there. You know I'm a big soup guy. We've discussed this before, Rifki, and I'm looking at the uh, the ten, nine or ten soups that you offer here, and you know which one I would, you know which one I would like to taste test? Maybe this will be the new cheesecake. (laughs) You know which one I like? The the easy, cheesy cauliflower soup. I didn't even realize that. You know, I I do the onion soup with cheese. I didn't realize people do cauliflower soup with cheese. Is this revolutionary or this has been around for a while? Actually, I can't take take credit for it being revolutionary. I've seen um, broccoli soup, like cheesy broccoli soups. I've seen Really, you can add cheese into anything. You do a good vegetable soup and you just throw shredded cheese in and voila. So you can be the innovator and let me know what your thoughts are. (laughs) Cauliflower soup is off the charts. You're going to laugh. This is like a funny behind-the-scenes story. I'm generally very organized, got things together, and one Erev Shabbos I found myself 32 minutes before candle lighting and prepping everything, putting it on the hot plate, and there's no soup pot oh, gosh. put on the hot plate. Oh, gosh. And that's 32 minutes. <laughs> and, of course, there was company. It's always when there's company. And I literally, I just looked up to the heavens and I said, dear God, please help me. And I just took a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I dumped it into a pot. Like, I ran to my freezer. I said, okay, broccoli or cauliflower, which, oh, cauliflower was there. Grabbed it, dumped everything into a pot, a little kosher salt, a little pepper, a little bit of lemon juice just to give it a zing. Put it on boil, ran up to shower, and I just like literally was like, okay, 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 let's see. It's either going to be epically great or an epic fail. And it was so unbelievable. I said, you know what? Okay, we're going to play with this. My mother always taught me not to play with my food, and I really (laughs) pray that she forgives me, but I play so much now. (laughs) Well, I I, I would say experiment. That would be right. That would be the proper term yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> and, 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 but i had to put my mom in <laughs> and now that's assured the best regards uh, and, and 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 the truth is that now we can call you an inventor because just like everyone else and you would encourage us i'm sure they also should consider even when it's not emergency circumstances experimenting a bit and becoming a vendor an inventor 
in the kitchen. After all, why not? Now, again, I've revealed a lot over the years uh, when discussing uh, cookbooks and speaking to cookbook authors. Most people know that I love the chicken wings, but I'm not a big spicy guy. Your hot honey wings, can they be um, adjusted for someone like me? Absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's really not hot. If you look at the ingredients, you have the ability to control the heat. Nice. Completely. I did it with, it's a beautiful thing. You actually heat up honey. So you're going to get that sweet. And then you're adding to the honey a little bit of crushed red papa flakes, where again, you're going to control that because my husband does not like very hot, but he loves just that little bit of a kick. So you do that, that and sriracha. And again, you're completely controlling it. Right. So to whatever level somebody wants. Rifki Kleiman's brand new cookbook is called Simply. And now i got to be careful because I could discuss all these with her all morning, but we are, of course, limited on time. Let's get over to some of the... Well, the side dishes are voluminous, plenty of great side dishes, especially these days. A lot of people take sides and make them into mains. I'm sure you know that, Rifki, that there are a lot of people, especially those who are you know, now gravitating more toward you know a vegetable-based diet. They're taking side dishes and really good-looking good and good-tasting ones, and they're making it the main part of their meal very often. Absolutely. It's interesting. That is something that I even note as a difference between Simply Gourmet and Simply. Um, you actually see how the movement is going towards healthier eating, cleaner eating. And interestingly, like my struggle was to make sure that my two sweet offerings of the side dishes would be not too sweet, like lower on sugar, but still give the kick. So I actually did a honey apple muffin, which was almost one of my epic fails. (laughs) And I almost pulled it from the book. It was it gave me such aggravation, but honestly, like you had said, will everything look the same as the way that I presented in the book? The actor is an absolute confident resounding <laughs> yes. Yes. I made myself so crazy. Those muffins had a delicious taste. It almost had like a custard type of a, you know, little sweet uh, hint. Mm-hmm. And my kids were like, oh, my God, it's so delicious. It's so delicious. You can't change anything in it. But it just wasn't baking properly. I wasn't getting a beautiful muffin top. It just it wasn't the perfection that I'm looking for. And I legit was ready to pull it because baking is a science. I don't need to tell you. And I kept playing with the different leavening factors, with all the different ingredients, trying to see, and they were like, no, but it tasted so good the first time. Why are you messing with it? It either got dry. It, it was like, literally, this was a, a, a labor of love. And then I realized I was doing research on honey because I was ready to just say, okay, done, quit. I'm not doing honey. I'll just do sugar. You know, use some sort. And I discovered that honey is actually an acid. Did you know that? I think someone had told me that around Russia Russia's time, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I should have known that you would know, like, one of these <laughs> trivial facts. And I literally sat there working with baking soda, baking powder, to try to turn the acid to alkaline, get the perfection. And then all of a sudden, I had a eureka moment. And I realized that I actually had added some lemon juice into the recipe. And I was like oh, my God, I think that's my problem. And I completely swapped that out, and I put apple juice in because I figured apples, apple juice, crossed my fingers, looked up to the heavens, 
and it was perfect and moist. But there you have it. When you see it looking so pretty in the book, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, and just flip the page. I'm like, no, no, I worked so hard. <laughs> Everyone's got to keep that in mind when they get to that page, huh? Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, we're up to baked goods and desserts, and, and you got plenty of everything, the pies and the and the, um, and the, uh, and the, um, uh, the, the different fruit salads and crumbles and everything. I, I have to just point out one thing. Um, I am so happy that Cinnabon, and I'm not using the brand name, I'm using it the way our community now uses it when we prepare food, Cinnabon has infiltrated its way into desserts and baked goods. I noticed it's in one of your cheesecakes. I noticed it's in uh, it's in um, some of your uh, uh, other so baked it's goods. It's the cookies that can actually decorate the cheesecake. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Amazing. So I'm glad to see that we're making progress in that area. I'm a big cinnamon, big cinnamon fan, and the combination of the two to me is absolutely amazing. I do want to remind everybody that the simple step to Simply is analyzed, discussed, and uh, in a very simple uh, section toward the end of the book where uh, Rifki does describe how many minutes she expects a certain recipe to take and uh, and encourages everybody to get the prep time uh, done in advance and, and gives tips on how to reduce that prep time as well. So this is a really practical book in addition to being a delicious looking and eventually a delicious tasting offering. Um, but I, I assume you've heard what we've heard that the, that the, the book is flying as uh, the people at art scroll like to say, and you, you've gotten a tremendous pre-sale, which must be an amazing feeling. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I just, I thank Hashem and I thank everyone for allowing me to foray back into their kitchens again. Really? It's, yeah, it's humbling. No joke, and and I think they're sticking with it. They want to reduce the time they have to spend in it, but they're they're sticking to it. By the way, on our app, the NSN app, uh, listener Devorah says the interview's making her hungry. Uh, she ne- <laughs> she never eats so early, but now she's in the mood for the honey roast and the cheesecake. <laughs> I would I wouldn't <laughs> encourage having them together, but I hear it. Uh, Rabbi Cash down in Miami says, now do I go to school or do I go out for breakfast to a rib joint? And and. <laughs> Love Rifki, love simply. That is a message from our friends at the Kitchen Click. I thought you'd you'd be happy to hear from them this oh, morning. Oh yes! Oh, they're my great friends. Thank you. Yeah, amazing people. And the book is going to be available, I'm sure, there and God knows how many other places. Everybody, and of course, online you can go to artscroll.com. Use promo code Radio for your discount and for your free shipping. Go to artscroll.com and use promo code Radio. And the rumor is here at the network that you're going to be on the Miriam Wallach show tomorrow morning at 10.30 Eastern time. Now, she's a real chef. I think you remember that from the past. She's a real chef. So it's probably going to be a different conversation than the one we've had. But nonetheless, I'm glad to see that uh, more and more people are realizing how amazing the your cooking is. The pressure is yeah. on. <laughs> no question about it. Uh, listen, I, I hope listener Bela helped you out a little bit in this process. I hope she was one of your testers or, or, or offered Forget some- about that. She was the best. <laughs> bouncer offer the best oh troubleshooter and and the best teacher i i thank her for allowing me to be her sous chef and being her best friend in the kitchen all those years well then i'm obligating you to send best regards please you got it <laughs> and, will do and mazel tov rifki it's phenomenal it's fantastic and it's really special that we got to do this on the day that it's actually released so thanks so much for joining us this morning yes Thank you. A Have pleasure. a wonderful day. You as well. Rifki Kleiman on a big day for her and a big day for Art Scroll. It is the official release date of Simply. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. The book is Simply. Simply Gourmet every day. Rifki Kleiman. You know her. 
Make sure to get the book and get it for everybody in your family and your extended family who consider themselves chefs or who want to become a chef. Um, and again, go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio for your discount and for free shipping. Wednesday morning broadcast, you're listening to JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rifke Kleiman. The book is available at artscroll.com. Discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. Elon Gold was a recent guest on JM and the AM. is appearing at the Atid Society event November the 21st. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. And many of you are already aware that our friends at the uh, Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, and their Atid Society, which is, of course, led by our dear friends Batsheva and Murray Halpern. They chair the Atid Society. Uh, they've got a big night planned for Sunday, November the 21st. Sunday, November the 21st at Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. And their Atid Society presents, from the upcoming season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the great comedian and actor, Elon Gold. It's happening Sunday, November 21st, starting at 7.30. This virtual event registration. Uh, if you go to the NahumSiegel.com website, our community calendar has the information. For additional information beyond um, uh, the link or the Kushner website, which is jkha.org slash atid, you could speak to Sarah Levinson and reach her at slevinson at jkha.org. Org. And it is a pleasure to have with us live via telephone the one and only Elon Gold, who's uh, no doubt raring to go for the November 21st event for our friends at Kushner. Elon, a pleasure to welcome you to JM. By the way, Nachum, as much as I love you, this Friday morning radio thing, it's the worst time for a race. Friday, everyone's in a panic on Friday. I say that in my act. I go, every Jew wakes up Friday morning in a panic, like, oh, crap, it's almost Shabbos. Do we have time to do anything? No, it's Shabbos. Forget about it. Like, once that clock changes, what is it, like next week? Yeah. It's, we don't have Friday. Friday doesn't exist from November to April. It just doesn't exist. So this is a bad time. I apologize to your listeners that we did it this time. But, look, take a minute. Let's hopefully we'll get a laugh in, and then we'll get ready for Shabbos. I, Everybody calm down. It's going to be okay. I think you're, uh, you're, you're stating that uh, everyone wakes up Friday morning, and they're already behind schedule. Imagine that. They are behind <laughs> schedule. I can't tell you how behind I am already. I got um, it. But, it's, it's, listen, it's exciting to be on the airwaves. You know, this is uh, I love you. I appreciate that very much, and the feeling is mutual. Now, I, got, yeah. I, I told you off the air that I'm in and out of the whole Curb series, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was... How how dare you? How dare you not follow it like like the Torah? Well, this thing should be followed, analyzed. There should be a Talmud on curb. They should take apart every episode and its intricacies and brilliance. Okay, so you missed a few. Here's the good news. The First of all, it's bingeable. You can watch anytime. Second of all, every season is a standalone season. In other words, you don't have to know what happened right. last year, catch up in the last few seasons. It's not Game of Thrones. It's a comedy <laughs> right. show. Right. And the best comedy show, by the way. The thing, the reason that I'm like so honored to just be a part of it, I'm only in a few episodes this season, but like even to be in for a second, this is the Harvard of comedy. This is, this is Harvard. Larry is, you know what I told him at lunch? Let I said, hit. Larry... You are the Gadol Hador. <laughs> and he goes, whoa, whoa, what is, what is that? And I said, 
the great one. Every generation has a great rabbi that we all follow and we and we all listen to. You are the one. You're the gadol. Uh, do you, um, do uh, Elon, Elon, like, oh, Elon, oh, that's nice. Elon, oh, do, do you yeah. mind if I just point that so that certain listeners realize you're saying this a drop tongue-in-cheek? Do you mind if I just point that out? It, it'll certainly well, help. Well, of course it's tongue-in-cheek. When I say the curb is the Torah, I don't mean... You think I want to be struck oh, down by and, lightning? And, I'm and, a comedian. And by Everything the way, I say is in jest. And by the way, if you if you're on social media, I think there is a Talmud for Curb. I hate to tell you the way people analyze it. Oh, that's it. hilarious. No, 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 no. We jest about it all. Listen, the Jews, we listen. It's right there. It's right there. We began sarcasm when we say, like, oh, you, you had to take us out here to die. You couldn't have left us in Egypt. That's sarcasm. I that's comedy. I never even thought of it that way. I looked at oh, it. Oh, that's the beginning of it all. That wow. line, that moment is like, wow, these Jews have got some snark. That, re- that, re- that reminds me of your old friend Jackie Mason of Blessed Memory. I could see him saying, you, yes. have, to, you have to take us out for of that. Blessed Memory. God, I, I miss him already. And, you know, the truth is he was an acquaintance. I wish I could call him a friend. Mm. I just got to meet him a few times. But he was, he was the greatest, like, Jewish comedian. And, by the way, forget Jewish. He was, I would say, top five comedians in modern history like wow. the last 50 years the world according to me is up there with like eddie murphy's specials and Pryor and and carlin it's like it's unbelievable uh, by you... the way if he was on the show this morning you know what he would say what would he say First of all, it makes me nauseous to think that a person in my position has to go wake up this early in the morning on a Friday morning. I'm so busy with things, and I got to talk to a person named Nachum. the name is Nachum. It's the most disgusting, nauseating name. It's got Ugh in it. You know, Ugh, you can't say the word without Ugh. I'm nauseous from even talking to you. I can't believe how good you are at that. Unbelievable. As, ah. if, as if I'm speaking to Jackie Mason himself. By the it's way. so it, fun. I, it's I'm, so I'm, fun to get into and embody someone, and then you sort of, they're like alive again. It's like weird. It's like, I, I it's got the it. most, it's the best gift I have that uh, Hashem gave me. He gave me the gift of, of mimicry, which is fun. I got to ask you this, because the world according to me, which again, listeners of a certain era know exactly what you're referring to, I don't think you could release an album like that today. Is that sad for you when you think of how much is not allowed to be said these days from the stage? There, yeah, there's so much going on with that in comedy. You know, a lot of us are just sort of ignoring it and recognizing it as noise. You know, you look at Chappelle, right. and I think Chappelle really did the most heartfelt, beautiful sort of love letter to the LGBTQ community and to trans people, and they just took it as like he's just trashing us. No, that's how he speaks. We speak in a language of jokes. Right. Now, when it came to space Jews, while jokes do not offend me, nothing that a comedian says offend me as long as it comes from the right place and it comes from truth. So my issue with space Jews is, I don't know if you saw it, but if you see it on Netflix, right. it's Dave is, is a truth teller, and he's like, incredibly brilliant the problem is the premise is based on lies and a false narrative and you know it's just this anti-israel rhetoric that's out there unfortunately so it's like the punchline works if the premise was real and true so that's what bothers me that it wasn't true and it's like it's just spreading more misinformation and more lies and and it's a it's a dangerous joke again it's, it's still a joke, and I'll always defend a right. joke and my fellow comedian, unless they're 
outright saying we hate this these people or whatever. Then and, you say, well, that's and, just hate speech. And by the way, as comedians like you and others have proven, the more true it is, the funnier it is. So it's, that's it's, absolutely anything yeah. that is so relatable to anyone else is really what gets the biggest laugh. When you say to yourself in the audience, oh my God, I do that. I think right. that. that. That's me. I've, exactly. I've experienced that. But when you're talking about like, wait, wait, wait the, the Jews are what, enslaving people? Right. And the, it's like, it's just lies. So now now we're, we're stuck with a joke that's not based in truth and therefore doesn't really work. Yeah. And by the way, I saw it live and it didn't even get a laugh because it's just, it, people are just like, wait, uh, I don't think that's true. And also, isn't this a bit anti-Semitic? So it's interesting to navigate that. But again, as a comedian, we just have to express ourselves. And as long as it comes from truth and from a good heart, because also Dave has a good heart. Right. You know, he certainly doesn't hate Jews. We're friends. He, Jeff Ross is on the road with him right now doing arenas. He, you know, he's not an anti-Semite, but just he's being fed a lot of stuff that, you know, the Bella Hadids of the world are putting out. And it's right. total misinformation. Elon Gold is with us. A reminder that uh, Batsheven Murray Halpern and the Atid Society invite everybody on Sunday, November the 21st, to enjoy his amazing comedy. Remember, Kirby Enthusiasm uh, has its uh, second episode of the season this coming weekend, and uh, Elon is a big part of a lot of episodes during this season. The Atid Society is going to uh, feature him on the 21st of November, the website is jkha.org slash atid, jkha.org slash atid. There's also a phone number, 862-437-8001, 862-437-8001. As you know, the Halperns are big fans of yours for good reason uh, and looking forward to an amazing show. I'm sure you're anxious to see the people in New Jersey and come out and uh, – and, uh, oh my goodness! I can't wait to see the Jerseyans. But that's not like what's really exciting to me is this is one of my first. It just started. Where last week I had a, a live event, two weeks ago I had one, and I'm you know starting to. It's it's coming back, which is such a good to get off of Zoom. The Zoom comedy. I mean, it's like this is not what my comedy ancestors wanted for <laughs> us. You know, me standing in a room alone, yelling into a laptop. You know, hearing no laughs, just going, unmute yourselves, please. I, I need that. This doesn't work without laughs. So Zoom comedy is, is, is over, and it looks like we're getting back into good things. So I, mean, I hope. I, I mean, good the, things. The, By the way, I hate when I say things like good things because it makes me sound like, you know how sometimes, remember Trump? You remember Trump. I and remember. This is apolitical. Everybody calm down. I don't, I don't, I don't love him or hate him. He, he, he's, he's, he's actually related to the Kushner family we're citing this That's morning. right. He's related <laughs> to the Kushner family, so we, we're not going to mock. But he would say things like, when he didn't have the right word, to be like, it's a very good thing. You know, it's a tremendous thing. I mean, you look at all the things. So I don't like, when I say thing, it makes me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. And, what's but yes. and people like you are always searching for the right word because that the whole joke could turn always. on which word you use. Uh, and the new, I, you know, I, 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 I hate to do this to you now because I really should do it off the air. But one of these days, you've got to come into this studio here in Manhattan. And we got to do a oh, full, we got to do a full yeah. discussion on how you write material. It must be one of the most amazing crafts to analyze. It, it is, but it's also uh, painstaking. It's the least uh, fun part because it's so arduous. Wow. But when you hit that thing, that's, oh, I said thing again. Yeah. When you hit that, have that revelation and you have this moment of, Oh, this is an amazing observation. This will kill. Then it's worth all of the painstaking. You know, it's, it's constant procrastination. All I do is like, oh, I'll write later. I'll write later. And then you just force yourself. 
and you do it. But we'll get into it. It's a, it's a good hour. Amazing. All right, everybody out there, get your reservations in. Website is the Kushner website, jkha.org slash atid. You could use the phone number, 862-437-8001, and uh, make your reservations for Sunday night, November the 21st, 730, as the Atid Society with Batsheva and Murray Halpern at the helm invite everybody to support the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School with Elon Gold. And the, the flyer is a drop vague, Elon, but based on what you're saying, this will be, in one way, shape, or form, a real in-person event, which, as you indicated, is great news. Yeah, there will be me there and other people there. I guess that means in person. Is we, that how it works? We don't know if it'll be ten. We don't, we don't know if it'll be ten or ten thousand, but there'll be some people in the room. Right, right. But we we don't even know what in person means anymore. What exactly do you mean by in person? Yeah, we're gonna see there will, other people. There will not there are be, a be holog- persons in there. There will not be a hologram of Elad Gold on stage. It'll be the real correct, guy. Correct. By the way, I did one of the gigs that I did for another school, for Westchester Day School, which happens to be my alma mater, right. was it was really cool over the pandemic. They went to a drive through <gasps> and I'm standing here in my office, literally just my laptop and camera and everything, and there, there's like 100, 200 cars, and there I am on a drive through screen doing stand-up, and they could hear it through their car radios, Phenomenal. and you see laughing and people like, you know, putting the headlights on, and my friend was there, and he like, he videoed it. Uh, for me, and it was so fascinating to see, is this what comedy is now in cars but not, and, but, and uh, driving? But not to belabor the point, the lack of feedback, yes. and I'm not referring to speakers, I'm referring to actually hearing you know, the laughter of the audience, it must be something you never get used to. I mean, you, you never really adjust to that, right? Yeah, uh, I would say the first few Zoom shows, I couldn't stand doing it, right. I, and, and then you, because you have to adjust, you just have to adapt. Right. And no I kind of got into it. I kind of got into, by the way, I also got into just saying like bye to my wife and kids and walking through my backyard to the back office and doing the gig and then coming back an hour <laughs> later, be like, hey, kids, I'm back. Like normally it's two days on a right. plane back and forth cross country. It's such a pain. I did get used to that. But the actual doing of the show it's you know what it's just different, and then you have to, then you see people on that gallery view, and then you get to talk to them in in, in in that sort of way. But it's 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 still not it's it's not the same. There is nothing. There's a chemistry in a room. There's an energy, and when you're in a room with people, you, you can never compare does, to these Zoom shows. But I did get used to them. Does every comedian have to open with a covid joke now like is your when you That's get when funny. you when you get to kushner is it going to have to be a reference to having an audience or not it, it is it's like again during the trump era you had to have <laughs> you know it's like to ignore it but but literally this is what comedy is it's taking our life right. and and just poking fun right. so our lives for the last year and a half was covid to not mention it, to, to ignore it as if it never happened is almost insane. It's almost like, hey, guys, how is everybody? You know, you just can't start with that. you got to talk about it. So my opening line will be, I live in L.A. I just flew in on the Delta variant. There you go. And now I just blew my opening line to everybody.
maybe yeah. I'll come, maybe I'll come up with an even better one between now and then. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do better on the flight on Delta. I love yes, it. I, I just hope it. I don't get it. Uh, yes. Yeah, please don't get it. You don't know what kind yeah. of st- you don't know what kind of stir you're going to cause in the Garden State if you walk uh, in with COVID. God forbid. Could you imagine that? <laughs> oh, um, by the way, the funniest story is when I was on the set of Curb, and there was a tiny, like, not an outbreak, but there was rumblings of. of uh, positive, someone in right. my kid's class, right. yes, being positive, and and this is months and months ago, and I thought that I am now, God forbid, bringing Curb, I'm going to be the oh one to kill gosh. Larry David. Oh, my Yeah, gosh. and then you had, they had to test you before you go, oh. so then I knew it was fine, but but for like a, oh. for hours, I was thinking, I'm going to kill Larry David. Oh. It's going to be me. Instead, <laughs> he's like one of my heroes, and now I killed the guy. So I, I believe me, that was a lot of anxiety. That I murdered Larry David, but I didn't. He's good. He's very healthy. Thank, thank God. God. And we're thank God. He, he, lo- about this season. he looks very healthy. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> as, yes. A, as a Jewish yes. mother would say, he's looking very healthy these days. <laughs> yes. And by the way, my role, while I can't tell you much about it, it's and it's a positive. I, I always love to put out a positive image of our people. Yeah. But he is the Jewiest person on television, more than anyone you've ever seen on Schtissel. And not in a way that he looks at just everything out of my mouth. That was part of the running gag. And you'll see. I can't give it away, but it's a very uh, proudly Jewish character, and I just love it. And from what I hear, it's pretty darn funny. Well, so, now, it, now, you, now you've added people to your list of appointment watching. I can tell you that much. Now I have no yeah. choice. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta By the s- way, they didn't need me to appointment watch <laughs> Curb. Everyone's hooked and addicted. Uh, I hear so, it. So, yeah, check it out. But uh, more importantly, come to the Kushner event yes. on November 21st. It's gonna be- that's really... It'll be sold out. If you guys don't care, if you if you don't stop, put that chillin' pot away and get your tickets now. You're gonna miss out, and then they're gonna DM me like, "We couldn't get tickets." Well, what do you want? You know, you gotta. You know, so I can't what, help everybody. So what you're saying is, as busy as a Friday is, this has to be on the Correct. priority list. This has to be on the priority. Pro- put the put everything down <laughs> and get to the, the kids can eat next Shabbos. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. Chillin' every other week is fine, right? Right. Uh, Elon, you have a wonderful Shabbos. Good luck at Kushner. And we'll be talking. We'll be talking it up here. And thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Malcolm. Elon Gold, everybody. Sunday, November the 21st. Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, the Atid Society. Big thank you to Batsheva and Murray Halpern. Information at 862 437 8001. 862 437 8001. Or jkha.org slash Atid. More coming up at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Elon Gold. Josh Sussman from Nefesh Benefesh was a recent guest on JM in the AM. We discussed programming during COVID and post-COVID. Josh Sussman, recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thursday morning broadcast on this 28th of October, 22nd of Mar Cheshvan. Tomorrow night is Shabbat Chayi Sarah. We'll be here in the United States of America. Will there be people in Hebron? I have to assume there will be. Don't know exactly the number and how they're working things, but uh, certainly there'll be more there this year than last year that I can guarantee. 51 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 60. We shall at 78. We're at 51 in New York City. So we say good morning at JM and the AM. Speaking of Jerusalem, Josh Sussman is with us live via telephone. Josh Sussman is uh, director of programming at Nefesh Benefesh. You know how... Uh, how dear an organization Nefesh Benefesh is to us here at JM in the AM. To me, it seems like we've uh, we've been um, 
partners to a degree. Don't worry, I'm not taking more than uh, a very, 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 very tiny percentage of credit of the work that's been done with Nefesh Benefesh, but we have proudly been speaking about their incredible and a wonderful organization for a long, long time. And I know that our listeners have taken advantage of their services and have uh, moved to Israel. Many of them, believe it or not, during COVID as well. Josh Sussman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Always a pleasure, Nelson. And I will say that that uh, I can't speak to the exact number of people that would be at over on this 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 Shabbat, but my son will be one of them, so nice. it's definitely more than it was last year. Yeah, Fema Ode. Thank you. Tell him to have all of us in mind. Uh, well, uh, obviously, the Chevron conversation is uh, is one that uh, focuses on this uh, reopening post-COVID, call it whatever you want. Uh, we're curious about what's happening at Nefesh Benefesh after I assume, as I think back to the uh, last 18 months, I assume the majority, if not all, of their programming has been uh, via Zoom, digitally, online, use whatever term you want. And Josh, frankly, we're curious as to what the goal is. If the goal is to get back to a model that we were used to pre-COVID, or if a lot of what we've seen over the last 18 months is going to be incorporated into your system. Let's start with that. The things you've already innovated, the things that you've introduced over the last 18 months to the world about uh, uh, being in touch with Nefesh Benefesh and learning more and more about the possible Aliyah experience. Will all of that be kept intact during this post-COVID era? So, sure, you're aware that, that one of the first things we had to cancel, the first thing we had to cancel was our annual mega event right. in March 2020, which right. uh, unfortunately meant that we missed you. Right. Um, <laughs> and from that day on, March 15, 2020, we quickly pivoted to make everything virtual. Um, the bright side of that, um, as much as we miss traveling and seeing people in person, is that we've been able to reach a far greater audience than we would have than we were ever, ever able to do in person. Um, and we have been able to engage with tens of thousands of people from across all of North America, um, many of whom would never have had the opportunity to, to meet with us in person. Um, our, not only has the technolo- technology improved, um, but people's ability and interest in engaging in that kind of technology has advanced significantly um, and willingness to engage in a virtual way instead of coming to sit in a conference room in Skokie or Teaneck or Los Angeles or Toronto. Um, and so the egalitarian component of it is a very nice, positive byproduct of what we've learned over the last uh, 18 months or so, um, which led, has led us to, at least, at least to some degree, uh, commit to, to that level of service moving forward and in, ensuring that our virtual programming is continued. Um, that, that's true both in North America, but also here in Israel. And, um, you know, many, many people move to Jerusalem and Beit Shemesh and Modi'in and Gushetzion, um, places that are centrally located. Um, but there's also people that live in the Golan and in Naharia in, 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 the, in, in the Negev. Um, and those who don't have the same access, they're not down the street from our offices in, in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Um, and we feel like there's information that we're going to be giving to them also virtually. Um, you know, it's, the, the big numbers have come from, from people abroad, uh, pre-Aliyah, but uh, we also are striving to serve people here who have already made Aliyah um, in a virtual manner as well. You know, um, that being said, yeah. we also are interested in starting to meet people in person. Um, and with our new office opening in Jerusalem shortly, um, that will be a center of Aliyah 
um, in Jerusalem, our offices in Tel Aviv are also getting back up and running. Um, and we actually just a couple weeks ago, in, in partnership with with uh, Kakal, uh, did a series of meet and greets uh, for Olim of the last few years uh, throughout the North and South. Wow! Um, that was kind of our first our first effort into really meeting people. It went really well. It was nice to, for the staff to be out and engaging with people. Um, the Olim enjoyed both engaging with staff and meeting other Olim who they haven't had the opportunity to, to network over the last year and a half as they've arrived in Israel. Um, and we've started Shabbat dinners also um, at, our, at our Tel Aviv hub um, for, for the audience in Tel Aviv, which has been really nice and very well received. Josh Sussman's with us, Director of uh, Programming at, um, at Nefesh Benefesh. It's funny because, uh, first of all, I'm thrilled to hear this. I was not aware of the fact uh, that some of the in-person programming and, and some serious programming. I mean, when you, talk, when you talk about Shabbat dinners, you talk about, you know, real get-togethers, you're talking about, you know, people actually interacting face-to-face and and, yeah, and, me, and meeting your staff and meeting fellow Olim and, and all the benefits thereof, um, which uh, they were enjoying pre-COVID. So it does sound like the Israel component, I mean, you guys understand the importance of bringing back the in-person programming, and uh, hopefully that will continue. Um, plus I think, uh, based on what you said, we can surmise that in any situation, both with North American Jews and those who are already in Israel, in any situation where it benefits to keep a, a digital or zoom platform open, uh, and active, you're going to do that, which begs, of course, the third part. <laughs> and to me, you know, one of the key questions, uh, and this is not putting pressure and this is not, uh, <laughs> and this is not expressing a, a desire to necessarily, be part of the action. I think objectively people around this country in the United States would like to know, should they get used to this model being in touch with people the way you described it over the last 18 months, or will Toronto and Atlanta and Chicago and Indianapolis and Denver and New York and Teaneck, <laughs> will they get some type of in-person programming in the near future? I'm going to be very cautious in my answer to that question. Um, in the near future, the answer is not. Um, we're, we also don't want to step into the, into the uncertain. We're very comfortable here in Israel. Right. Um, we know what to expect. Um, the rules are clear. People understand them. Um, um, but we also have to take into account the, the safety and comfort level of our staff traveling. Um, wow. um, you know, right now, there's no concern about having to come back and go into quarantine, but that's very recent, very recent thing, and right. it could come back at any point in time. Um, it's 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 one thing to ask our staff to travel abroad, um, you know, take time away from their families um, and from their core daily work to, to travel around the country, uh, North America. Um, but it's another if they have to come back and then get stuck in their bedroom for another week. Um, so uh, that's something we have to take into account. Um, and as, as I said, um, our, our resources right now are really focused on on virtual programming because we right. feel that, that it, it, it creates a equity um, among people no matter where they may live. I, I, the example I've been using for the last number of months is that um, I noticed somebody on our webinar that was consistently coming. She came to six or seven or eight webinars, but in a clearly a very systematic way. It turns out she's from Montana. Um, and obviously, amongst that list of, of cities that you just named, um, Butte, Montana wasn't one of them. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, but she came into our system, um, at the, I think just before, before COVID came, um, and very systematically took advantage of, of our virtual programming and made Aliyah last summer. 
um, that that wasn't going to be an opportunity for her <laughs> if, if that had been three or four or five years earlier. Um, and we want to make sure that we're still able to meet, meet those people's needs. Um, there's definitely a world in the future um, where we will look forward to doing some of our core programming abroad. Um, I think we'd like to see our medical seminar, the MedEx that we've done in the past for, for medical professionals that allows them to ease the licensing procedures by bringing in people from the, the health ministry to to America to certify their documents and meet with them, and et cetera, which saves them a lot of time and money um, not, not having to translate their their medical licenses and their their all the things that come with that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I acknowledge but, that, there's... So that there's a world where that's going to happen. Right, there's probably a world where we might do some big events. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to be getting back to you know six stops in in eight days in right. in you know six different cities. I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a little early to say. Um, and again, we've been buoyed by our our success and our ability to reach out to so many people. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this yeah. is this is like I said. This is a. Uh, I mean, practically speaking, everyone totally gets it and certainly understands uh, what you're describing. Um, I, I have had, and this is not your problem. This is this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem on this side of the world, uh, and really a problem anywhere outside of Israel. And that is that the disconnect that has been created, the disconnect that unfortunately mm-hmm. is a a byproduct of the last year and a half. Um, is quite sad, and 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 certainly, even if people, uh, and and this goes for all denominations, no matter how people, how many, how much people were involved in the community, not involved with Israel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, I think the disconnect is one of the terrible byproducts of this pandemic um, between diaspora Jews and Israel. And I always looked at the events and the excitement when your staff and your colleagues would come into the United States and do what uh, you just described, go to different cities meet up with people, etc. I, I always felt it was a shlichut, that one of the added benefits of those events. Because remember, at those events, you have a lot of people who never continued the Aliyah process, but because you guys were, in, ta- because you guys were in town, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to hear what's going on in Israel, how are things, and, you know, and maybe they'll think about it in the future. But those are not the people that are going to be, you know, logging on to the online seminars and, and those who are really serious at the moment of moving to Israel. So, I, so that disconnect is unfortunately a bad byproduct of the pandemic, and I'm just hoping, again, not your problem, but I'm, I'm just hoping that the in-person events, and you and you just said, you admitted that hopefully the larger ones will come back, but the in-person events return just for that alone. I mean, there's obviously a million, mm-hmm. other, a million other benefits, but just for that alone. Josh Sussman's with us uh, live via telephone from Israel, directs programming at Nefesh Benefesh. All right, there are a couple of things on the list here that I want to go through. Uh, because it, it, practically speaking, for the people that want to go to nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or call the number at 877-4-ALIYAH, 877-4-ALIYAH, some important stuff they need to know, including the online seminars and the brand new online calendar. What could you tell us about those two things when people head to your website and access them? So uh, the, the one, one of the other really nice byproducts of a virtual world is it allows us to expand the subjects and the the topics we're able to cover. Because um, even if there's a thousand people at a mega event in, in, in the New York area, um, we're still limited. Every decision that we make from a program perspective is kind right. of a zero sum game. If we have right. six rooms for six hours, right. is this room going to be filled for this topic, or are there going to be thirty people there for that topic? It doesn't mean that the smaller topic is less important for those people. It could be critical to the success of their aliyah. Um, you know. 
Uh, we've off, we've been able to offer virtually things like um, your child's allergies in Aliyah, right? Um, or bringing your special needs adult ch- children on Aliyah. Right. Um, that's not something that affects everybody, and it would never we'd never be able to do that on a Sunday afternoon in Teaneck because three people would show up. Um, but when we're able to offer that to the whole country, and we have 50 or 60 or 70 people, that information for them is vitally important for yep. their ability to consider Aliyah. Um, um, and so that's a wonderful thing that we're able to expand on the depth and the breadth of, of what we're able to offer. Um, and the other thing that's been a really wonderful addition is that with everything being virtual, we've been able to build a really strong archive that we're continuously updating and adding new information to um, our YouTube channel is getting more and more traction. Um, we see things just organically growing as we, as we post a new, a new event on the, a new recording on the, the YouTube channel. Um, again, you can go to YouTube and just Google Nefesh for Nefesh and subscribe to the channel. And every time we put new, new content up, well, people will be informed. Um, and we have thousands of people that are, that are accessing information that way. Um, is there a, a is there a list? Amazing thing to see. You just mentioned. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's uh, it's organized. I can go there myself and see it. But people need to know that the the, the examples you just gave. <coughs> I would assume that's part of a very large list of specialty webinars that you guys are offering. Yes. Um, so we have it broken up into pre aliyah, post aliyah. There's some different Hebrew enrichment um, things we have in there. Um, Along with uh, community, so there's different playlists. Right. Um, a little, a little hint to the <laughs> to the uh, listeners is that um, there's two different search functions. If you're on if you're on a page, um, in our case, an Epish and Epish page, if you search within that page, you can just put in, um, for example, type in Canada, and you'll get the whole everything that was, that was about Canadian taxes or mm. that type of thing. Or you can go in and write Beersheba and see if we had an, a session on Beersheba. Whatever your keyword is, it'll work um, and just give, give you the three or four or five different uh, sessions that we did on that topic alone. Um, so that's been a very effective tool, and we're, we're, we watch organically. You know, As we do sessions, we do send out um, follow-up emails with the recording and the the resources that were mentioned in the session, but without even doing that, we see just organically uh, the numbers grow for each thing. You know, we're talking about Aliyah in the Jewish community. Um, you know, our viral is not the viral of uh, Beyonce or something. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if we get a couple hundred people watching your video, that's a significant number of people. Yeah, you kidding? Um, that's, yeah, that's um, but some of them are going up to a thousand or twelve hundred. You know, that's a lot of people right. wanting to learn about Zichron Yaakov. That's one of for reasons beyond my understanding. You know, it's a great place to live, but twelve hundred people have watched that video, yeah. um, which is just phenomenal. You know, we obviously can't get everybody to come visit Zichron Yaakov. Hopefully, the, you know, over the next week or two, the country's more accessible to more people who are vaccinated. Um, but uh, our community programming has been a wonderful way for people to learn more about communities when they're not able to come and visit and do pilot trips. Yeah, people need to um, know. It's, 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 it's divided up in so many things, family situations, age groups, geographies you just described. What about the online calendar? What could people, uh, uh, um, uh, what can people gain uh, from logging on to that? So the online calendar is constantly up to date and adding all of our, um, all of our upcoming sessions. Um, very easy to register. Uh, it, it's also now completely integrated into our database system, so um, we're able to very easily track um, who, who's registering, if they've come, what types of things they're interested in, 
um, and it's completely integrated and it makes for ease of follow-up for us, um, it means that somebody's case manager, Aliyah advisor, would automatically know which sessions they came to so they know what, what they're interested in and can help assist them to further further their, their knowledge on that topic if that's something that concerned them. You, you know, they might be very concerned about taxes, um, you know, and the implications of, tax, of, of, of making the Aliyah on your American tax, taxes, um, whatever it may be. Um, but that integration is something we haven't had in the past, and that's uh, really looking forward to being able to, to tweak our programming based on what we're seeing um, in that data. Right. Um, which is a, a big, a big, uh, it's an advantage for us, but I think ultimately that becomes a very big advantage for, for Oline, who are able to get a uh, program that's even more fine tuned to their needs. You will continue to educate people about Aliyah, and you'll continue to help them prepare for Aliyah. I mean, that system, I assume, is close to what has always been. Once uh, a family makes a commitment to go, I assume that they, they always were in touch with your office directly and different people who were helping them uh, with specific things uh, having to do with their flight and having to do with their uh, upcoming uh, move. Uh, and obviously, I mean, there's no, you know, COVID didn't cause that to stop. If anything, you know, with email and with uh, with phones, it was really easy or relatively easy uh, to keep that going and get the advice from Israel that people need in order to uh, make their Aliyah as smooth as possible. Yeah, thank God our, our, our Aliyah advising team is growing um, and you know, available to people as, as they need. Um, and we want people to begin begin the, the actual application process, they're assigned a, a Aliyah advisor who becomes their person that's going to lead them um, through their path, um, yeah. dealing with their technical questions and their processing and their documentation and all the things that you need to make Aliyah. Um, I'd like to do a little pitch here, sure. if, if I may. Yeah. Um, that, that one thing that we're really working to try to educate people on is that it's very easy to get caught up in the technicalities of Aliyah. Um, you know, you know, background checks and birth certificates and apostilles seals and all these things. Right. Um, but it's also really important to always focus on what your actual Aliyah plan is for arrival, because once you arrive, all that stuff is done. You know, you get your approved for Aliyah and you come. Um, but uh, it's very easy to get caught up, and especially over the last 18 months when the rules were changing and there was quarantine and then there wasn't quarantine. You had to have this test and you got changed to that test. Um, you know, the, the country was doing their best to keep everyone safe. Right. Um, but it was very frustrating that everyone recognizes, especially for Olin, um, who were really just trying to dot all their, their I's and cross all their T's, and sometimes the I turned into a J in the middle of it, and they had to figure out what to do. Um, um, but, you know, we're trying to, to encourage people to also understand that there's a, there's a planning process, not just a, a process of, of all these technicalities. Um, and the planning and, process helps and, and, helps exactly. minimize the technicalities. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> no, uh, for sure not. My wife always says we, we met Aliyah seventeen years ago. My wife always says the six months before Aliyah um, were far harder than the six the first six months of Aliyah. Um, wow, you're going into the unknown, but once you arrive, you realize that you can adapt to the unknown. Um, but the technicalities and the applications and the thinking about shipping and packing yeah. and saying goodbye to friends and family. It's far harder yeah. than the actual arrival. Yeah, the, ab- um, the, a- the abstract. I've kept that in mind for all these years, and it really is true. Yeah, the, um, the, the <laughs> and abs- then the excitement, the adrenaline takes on when you when you arrive and and you get settled and you you get to live in Israel, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, the abstract um, is know, more as much as, as, as our deals are frustrating. They they go in your rearview mirror very quickly. <laughs>
the abstract is more uh, is more frightening than the uh, than the practical usually. And boy, what you just said is so important for people to keep in mind. That pre aliyah time is very very stressful, and they have to know it's very very Indeed. very very normal. Uh, finally, Josh Sussman, um, you know what do we need to know? I'm not I'm not asking for hard numbers. Just from your vantage point, are are we getting the feeling that even now in October of 2021, these these unbelievable numbers of people expressing an interest in Aliyah and actually moving to Israel during COVID is staying steady? So we're looking at a, a very nice uh, final total this year. That's, that's a significant increase. Um, we're going to just ignore last year, although last year was, I think, hit right. about 91 right. or 2% of the year before. Right. Um, so pretty pretty, pretty strong at the end of the day, given all the hurdles. Uh-huh. Um, but this year we're looking at about a 30% increase um, by the end of the year over oh. 2019. Um, which is great, um, considering that there's still a lot of hurdles, yep. um, and there's still a pandemic, and <laughs> that's not easy. Um, so we're looking to to continue on that that positive that positive path. Um, I believe personally, um, I've, I've been an FSH Nefesh for 13 years. That you know, with every person that makes Aliyah, that's another circle of, of friends and family around that might not yep. have been there in the past, but might follow them. Oh, um, yes. That's how it works. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that critical tipping point is, but uh, it's definitely a thing you get that people make Aliyah, and then all of a sudden their their, their sister, their brother-in-law, their, their across-the-street neighbor says, wait, if, if those people can make Aliyah, I've never heard them talk about it, but look, they, look how happy they are. Yeah. This is something we should consider, too. Um, and that's definitely, you know, with every with every with every soul that comes, um, you never know who that's hitting. Yeah. Um, who who you know left behind but might want to join up. Another so, another reason um, hopefully why we continue the positive momentum and uh have a really solid twenty twenty two with everybody safe and healthy and vaccinated and and able to come and, and, and visit and as you said, you know, it's been frustrating for 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 uh Jews uh, in North America and the world who weren't able to, to come to Israel and felt a little disconnected. Um completely understandably, but hopefully over the next few weeks as things open up and and the policies change. We're able to start welcoming people uh, here, both just for 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 families to hope and fun, um, but also to do pilot trips and start exploring what their opportunities are, are here in Israel. Our, as I said, our brand new offices are opening right in the middle of town, and we look forward to being able to welcome people and educate them uh, in a wonderful brand new building um, um, that's easily accessible and uh, ready to, to welcome people here to start to continue their planning. Pretty amazing. I had the opportunity to visit in July and uh, saw the, uh, the, um, the process going on there, and uh, it really will be remarkable right there in the center of Jerusalem. And on the other point, it's why we need the NBN ambassadors visiting the United States because uh, we need to increase the interest in Aliyah and make people realize that it's uh, for so many people in this country. It's the uh, it's a it's an important move, a good move, and a doable move. And thank God for Nefesh Benefesh all these years for uh, undertaking that task or all those tasks and doing it so well. Josh Sussman, head of programming. I'm assuming the best thing is to tell people to go uh, any uh, any answers to any questions they're looking for based on this conversation. They'll find it at nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or by calling 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH. Josh, a pleasure. Looking forward to Indeed. seeing you in Jerusalem. Pleasure as always. I look forward to seeing you next. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you so much. Josh Sussman directs programming at Nefesh Benefesh. Log on, everybody. Don't forget. Don't forget. Even though there has been a disconnect 
unfortunately, between us and our brothers and sisters in Israel and the Holy Land in general, I should say, um, let's rekindle, reignite the uh, interest in Aliyah and uh, spread that word as much as we can. We know the benefits of living in Israel, and we know that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, at AlchemySingle.com, and the AlchemySingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSNF. That was my conversation with Josh Sussman, the king of schlock, Lenny Solomon, who was a recent guest on JM in the AM. He introduced a brand new song in honor of the YU Max. Here's Lenny Solomon, the king of schlock on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, the king of schlock is standing by. The great Lenny Solomon is joining us in a couple of minutes. And I said to myself, is there a timely song I could play to introduce the king of schlock? Thought this would be a good one. JM in the AM. Must go far away and leave your home behind. Take everyone with you and see what you will find. The angels came down from above. He ran and gave them food. To honor all his guests is what he understood. Son, who is so very dear, sacrifice him to me. You should not shed a tear. You didn't ask what's this about, you simply understood. If it comes from above, it has to be for good. Turn to God, Abraham. 
Jam in the AM. Pass the test from Schlockrock. Please welcome the king of Schlock himself, the king of Schlockrock, Lenny Solomon to Jam in the AM. Lenny, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Malcolm. It's so great to be here. Welcome back, King. I'm saying to myself, how does that get onto the Broadway album? But then, of course, I'm thinking Mamma Mia, right? That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, great song. Very timely. Uh, do you sometimes? <laughs> I can't think of a great figure in Jewish history that you haven't written and sung about yet. Are, are there? Is there plenty left? Uh, are there plenty figures and stories to tell through Schlockrock? Well, you know what? There's the Ramchal. I haven't done the Ramchal yet. Wow. I haven't done. There, there are a bunch. Well, it's, of, it sounds. Um, it sounds like you're thinking of that. Like it's on your list. It sounds like. Well, Ramchal. I want to do a musical. I want. To, I want to do a musical called Ramchal the Musical. That's wow. what I'd, I'd like to do, because uh, he was one of the most amazing people in, in Jewish history, for sure. Um, and, and then there were, you know, there are others here and there that, that of course, uh, that I would like to do, but I haven't, you know, it has to come to you. It can't just, you can't force it. You how know, it has to how long ago did you write Pass the Test? How long ago is that? Well, that, that came out on, almost on Broadway, 2003. Wow, long time ago already. I remember when that came out. That was just such a, it was an unbelievable um, response to that album. Do you re- that, do you react during different times of the year like we do? In other words, you know, there's certain times of the year when we are so into a specific song or a specific type of music because the calendar basically pulls you in. Do you do you get more into songs like uh, the ones about Avram Avinu when we're reading the partials about him? Yes, and as a matter of fact, every you know, as the Parshas work their way through Boratius, and I and I think about, oh, I did this song, I did that song. Parshas told us we've got one coming up, and and uh, I absolutely, and and sometimes you get inspired and you actually write a, a new one. Um, you know, the last the last parody album came out in 2019, and now I'm working on two original albums. Uh, one in Hebrew, one in English, and then next year we'll do another parody album, I hope. Wow. I already have in mind what I want to do. I, I'd like to do classic 70s and 80s songs that I missed <laughs> the first time around. Well, that's the question. I always think like you know, the stuff that the uh, people in my generation are familiar with, you basically did them all, but you're saying there's plenty you didn't cover, huh? There is, and not only that, the kids somehow are into it too. Right. There's some, words, right, there's some selections that the new generation has gotten into from that era. Yes, and I'm not sure 100% why, and it, it's just, I think, because of the internet. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, they somehow... Well, some of the songs either... have become, like, theme songs on shows and, you know, different, like, you know, you know, like, some of the songs are brought back and actually, you know, make their way back into modern pop culture, so... Right. That could be one. Right. We should note, by the way, you're here now. Usually you're in Beit Shemesh. Usually you're in Israel. In fact, when you do your live music concerts on the internet for everybody, those uh, videos are done normally in Beit Shemesh, but now you're traveling in the United States. Is Does this trip include shows, or you're here for a reasons other than performing? So I came in because my niece, which is my brother's oldest uh, child, got married last Sunday. Wow, Mazal Tov. So, so that's why me and my daughter, we, you know, I have four daughters, Bulyan and Hara, right. and uh, my second daughter came in with me. We represented the family, and we're actually going back to Israel tonight. Wow. And then I'm coming back... For Hanukkah, I actually, for the first time in two years, I have five or six concerts booked. And um, 
I'm hoping to fill it up with like 10 or 11 shows. When, uh, um, where will you be? Are those all New York, New Jersey? Are there in other places? Actually, all uh, I have five in the New York State area. So I'm doing Rochester. I'm doing Albany. I'm doing one in Manhattan. I'm doing one in potentially in Riverdale, still waiting for the, for the okay to that one, and one in Queens. Oh, so you're really around uh, this area. Right, that's five. And then the sixth one is in Rockville, Maryland, and I'm hoping to do a Baltimore Silver Spring, uh, you know, get two shows in Baltimore Silver Spring. Um, and, uh, you know, then we'll see what happens. You know, this i got to go to Florida. Because, yeah, I, know, it's so funny you say that. I was about to say that to you. I mean, that, that's yeah. the place now. you got to get to Florida. I, and, I'm, and, I, and what I'm happy to hear is that you've mentioned four states already in this conversation, and it sounds like everybody who's hosting you is comfortable with hosting a real concert event. Yeah, we're getting back. It's slow. It's very slowly, but, you know, they're a little bit hesitant, but they're, yeah. they want to do it because everybody wants to go back to normal, even though we both know <laughs> the new normal, whatever the new normal is, right. it's, it's you know, but um, I have, thank God, I mean, this is the, because since March 2020, when really this thing went full, I, I think I've performed seven times live in front of people, and they were all, it was all in Israel. Honestly, I mean, honestly and, I'm surprised it's that much. I'm glad you had seven shows in Israel during that time frame. Any, yeah, any, of, them, any of them noteworthy? Was there one event that was really, you know, something so outstanding? They, they, right. They weren't shows. They were Chagiga, the Chagiga. I did a couple of Chagigas for... Uh, um, Torah Shraga. Right. I did a couple for uh, Rashid. I did a wedding, which was fantastic. I mean, Schlockrock doesn't really do weddings, right. you know, but this, you won't believe this one. The, the Kala calls me up and says, I was at your debut of Daniel in Babylon when you played the entire <laughs> musical at the Israel Center, and you must play my wedding. Oh my and, God. and that's how I got the job. That must be a great feeling. It was fantastic because, you know, usually it's, I love Achashverosh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, or, or my menorah, right? <laughs> right. Lenny Solomon's with us, the king of schlock, um, and he'll be in the New York, New Jersey area and beyond during the week of Hanukkah. I'm assuming the easiest way for people to get in touch with you about doing a show, wherever they may be, is schlockrock.com, right? That's right. Lenny at schlockrock.com, and I'm available, and, and uh, we definitely – you know, would love to come to your community if you're listening from in Virginia or you're listening in Maryland or wherever. Or Florida. Or Florida. Yeah, Florida. I've got to do a, I've got to do a three, four-day tour in Florida for yeah. sure. Agreed. So, we, we were down there, as you know, uh, two weeks ago with two amazing shows from Miami and uh, just a, a different environment and a very, very celebratory one as uh, um, people uh, – deal with the whole COVID situation responsibly, but, uh, you know, with a little bit more of an open attitude, let's put it that way. Monday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, the King of Schlock is with us. Schlockrock.com if you want information about Lenny and his band and bringing them to um, a place near you. Things are opening up, Baruch Hashem, and the Hanukkah tour is significant, not just because Lenny's going to have a packed Hanukkah, but significant because uh, he and so many other artists are really getting back on the road and hopefully more and more synagogues and groups and organizations and the youth centers will in fact uh, invite people like Lenny to uh, come and entertain and inspire. That's what it's all about. Before we get to today's news, Lenny, which is pretty cool, which we'll talk about in a minute. We have a new uh, a new selection to share with everybody. This uh, this conversation will include a big debut in just a couple of minutes here 
at JM and the AM. Uh, you did mention to me that one of the reasons for this trip is is Daniel, which is your musical, is still on the table. Could you give us an update yes. on what's happening? And it's, first thing is, it's an amazing thing because it's nine years and five months since I first came on your show and said, you know, I wrote this musical and we're going to have it done in a year. Of course, little did I know that these things <laughs> take time. Right. Uh, but we finally got, we actually have our first investor. We are doing what's known as a theatrical live stream. For those of you that watched Hamilton on Disney Plus, where they filmed a, the theater version of the Broadway show Hamilton, and then they edited and released it as a full musical on Disney Plus. We're doing the same thing with Daniel and Babylon, and um, so is it just a matter a, of selling it to one of the streaming services? We don't even have to sell it to one of the streaming. All you got to do is upload it to FilmHub.com, and then people can pay to download it and watch it. So um, you know, I still have to get the rest of the money, but we are on the way. But it sounds and like it, the investment is less than it would have been years ago. Am I right about that, or am I dreaming? It's ten percent of what wow. uh, it, it was supposed to cost. Wow. In other words, and that's because it's going to be we're going to be doing ten shows in a small to medium sized theater in Southern California. We'll be filming two two of them and then editing it together to to make one musical and. Um, and then upload it. It, it must. Yes. It, it must be heartwarming for you to think of the new world. You know, we talk about the COVID new world, which some of us get upset about. But the reality is that that COVID did help to continue to spur on the new world of how to consume content. And frankly, when Daniel was first introduced by you, I don't know if there would have been a venue to you know in a responsible financial fashion to get it out to the world. And now it must be amazing to you that. You know, this this can become a reality. You could provide something, a content, a piece of content that's so vital and urgent and important to you, really to the entire world. Yes, and I and I I kept thinking, Hashem, when are you going to let this go? Right. When are you going to let this out? And I think this is the time. He's pushing it along now. Um, Must be an amazing. You know, whenever feeling. I tell the story of Schlagrock, Schlagrock just went like water. It's like I I put it out, and then all of a sudden, this shows, this shows, this shows, and. Here, this took a lot longer. It was a lot, a lot more um, perseverance, and but I do, I, I do believe that that uh, Hashem is saying yes, it's time. Amazing. Um, so I hope to have great news. As soon as I know more, I will let you know, of course. And uh, but but we are on the way. And I assume that. That because you're doing this for the entire globe, right? It'll be it'll be uh, available to everybody in the entire world. I mean, Correct. with with your following, with the desire for parents to have great content for kids, for the desire for people of all generations to enjoy something high quality. I mean, th this could be a blockbuster. You realize? I mean, a blockbuster by our standards. I am hoping. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm confident that. Well, first thing is, I I mean, I. Without sounding uh, arrogant, I, I think there's 29 hit songs on this. Yeah, we've played yeah, we played some of them. The we have some great material. Great. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great material. Lenny Solomon with us, the King of Schlock, and here we go. Uh, Lenny and I have a shared passion. In fact, we share this passion even when we're 6,000 miles apart. Uh, we're always either we're sitting next to each other at these events or we are uh, texting each other 6,000 miles apart as the events are going on or the morning after, and I'm referring, of course, to Yeshiva University basketball. Now, Lenny, uh, l let's start with the following. You and I are among the people 
that feel that the YU basketball team is a lot more than just basketball. It is the way a group of people, proudly with yarmulkes on their head, represent themselves in an industry that's not, in many instances, is not used to, uh, you know, hanging around with Jews, Jews, and certainly not with Jewish people who take great pride in their tradition and heritage and Zionism. We should add. Uh, so when we, when you salute and I salute anything having to do with the University of Maccabees, it's not just the great basketball that they're playing, and please God, they should have a great season. Uh, but it's also the uh, you know what they represent and how they carry themselves and what they mean uh, to the average person around the world who hears about them. I think I'm I'm portraying this correctly, right? Yes, it's it's a kiddush Hashem. It's right. a, it's it's Jewish pride, Jewish identity, right. Jewish awareness. It's uh, and and it's an amazing thing when a when a Jewish sports team does well um, and and how they represent and you know if you read all the articles that they that they said in their interview about how they would walk in and you know sometimes people would be less than complimentary right and then when they would walk out after having beaten the team by 20 points you know it was a different attitude and um, you know I actually said I've got to write a song I've got to write a tribute for the last two years of why you max basketball. Um, and so I came up with this idea and this is the 40th album. This is the first single off the 40th album. Amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited about it. And, and not only that, Akiva poppers and his staff are going to make a music video <laughs> using the highlights of the footage. I got clearance Ooh, last that, week. That, that means Joshua Siegel's voice will probably be heard on some of those. <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so sure. That's great. Uh, they have a lot of great announcers. Very proud that Joshua is one of them. All right. So here's the story, folks. Yeshua University basketball is going to be starting up again in the next couple of weeks, which is amazing. Uh, Lenny Solomon, as you heard, has um, not only been a big fan, but, uh, and I know that for some people it's hard to understand this. I get it. Uh, but it really is a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, the way they carry themselves and the way people in who would never be familiar with anybody from a Jewish community, uh, become familiar with a group of guys like this who are, uh, uh, you know, great at basketball. And at the same time, um, uh, you know, exhibit, and you'll see this when you go to the games, exhibit Menschlichkeit. Uh, on the court, which is um, sometimes rare these days, frankly, to find that on a field or on a court. Uh, just watch ESPN any night, and you'll see exactly what I mean. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I digress, King Solomon. <laughs> I, I digress. <laughs> uh, here it is. Now, tell us first about the lyrics, and then we'll talk about the tune. Go right ahead. All right. So, well, the lyrics are basically I went through the guys. When, when they did their 29-game winning streak, I, right. I highlight the guys that were very important in that winning streak and what they did. And I watched a lot of highlight film and actually probably used play-by-play from Joshua <laughs> Siegel as, as part of the lyric. And um, and then I even have a, a section in the middle where Eitan G is rapping quotes from Coach Steinman. Oh, is that great? So um, Is the team – t- from- I mean, it's not just Akiva Poppers and the Max Live guys. I assume the team is aware of this, right? They might not be aware yet. Wow! But I, I I did alert Elliot. Good. That that it would be coming out, but um, this is um, I I think it's a great song, and uh, I wrote the song, and you know, 
It's uh, it's got a lot of energy to it. Why <laughs> why is the theme roll Max roll? Why why are they rolling, Woody? <laughs> well, because they're winning. And roll Max roll. They win. They well, won. They're on I a roll. Used to tell roll Max roll. Keep on rolling. You yeah. know what? We always did roll tide roll. So I guess I just took it there. <laughs> well, they the are Alabama. they are they are in a roll. You have to admit they are in a roll to say the least. We just want to keep it going. I hope I hope we can keep it going. In tribute to the Yeshiva University Maccabees men's basketball team. Uh, it's Roll, Max Roll, Lenny Solomon, the King of Schlock. You will hear this, no doubt, um, as part of the Yeshiva University Max Live broadcast. I have a feeling it'll make it onto the uh, airwaves there uh, at some point. And uh, as uh, Lenny said, the coach of the team, Coach Steinmetz, is already aware of the song. And uh, who knows Who knows how far this will go, Lenny? You know, popularity for the Yeshiva University men's basketball team has gone worldwide. So this theme song may, uh, may actually go, go worldwide as well. Bezrat Hashem, as they say. Bezrat Hashem. You all set for us to play it? I'm ready for you guys to go. It's the uh, it's the debut of Roll Max Roll, in tribute to the University of Maccabees, of course, only by the King of Schlock, Lenny Solomon, and America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio, around the world of web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. <laughs> Look out! Reject the game! 
Lenny, you know my radio style after uh, almost four decades, so you know that I did not listen to it in advance only because I wanted the spontaneity, and by God, I'm glad I didn't listen to it till now. This place is rocking. What an amazing song. And by the way, you covered all the bases because those who want the in-depth analysis of the entire team from the last three years gets it, and those who are casual fans who just love to cheer on the Max have an amazing theme. So you, you covered it all as usual. Thank you. Yeah, I I, uh, I really love that it's theme. I watched so good. I watched from Israel so in the middle good. of the night. I mean, I I, I I know you're keeping this under – well, you're not really keeping it under wraps because obviously you debuted it this morning, but I already forwarded it to certain people uh, and said to them this is – I mean, they're just going to go nuts about this. You are <laughs> you have, you have no idea what kind of job you did on this song, and it's so great. Your voice sounds great, by the way. Not that I would suspect otherwise, but it's, you know <laughs> – as as Thank all, you. as all of us get older, we have a desire to you know sound as young as possible. And I thought you were just sounded fantastic and really exuberant and enthusiastic on that. So big, big, uh, great job to you, I should say, and Yashikov. Thank you. It was uh, it was it just um, it was really fun doing. And Ethan Bill, by the way, was the oh. engineer, and he. He, he played he on the instrument. He played a lot of instruments. He, and, on I, it. and I'm saying to myself because there's great instrumentation on there. And I'm saying to yes. myself, I wonder who's in the band. And sure enough, Ethan is a genius. So, you know, amazing. Yeah, he is absolutely a genius. It's unbelievable wow. to work with him. Is he still 18 years old or he's gotten older? <laughs> he's actually 30-something, 30 31. No so, uh, he's in his early 30s. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Because he was a genius as a teen, right? Wouldn't you say that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Anyway, um, and he plays a million instruments. He yeah. plays all the instruments. He plays drums, bass, guitar. He plays keyboard. Although I'm playing keyboard on this song, right. he also plays trumpet on this song. And then he got a, a sax player to sit in. By the way, um, the trumpet and sax, which of course most people would attribute to an, a bygone era, it, it sounds 2021-ish, and that's hard to do with those instruments today, right? 
Yes, and and uh, look, it's definitely a stylization of a of a seventies or an eighties right. period with like Huey Lewis in the news and that right. type of thing. But you know, I can't help it. I, I can't get out of that. I can't get out of that time period. It's very hard for me to write twenty twenty one ish. Uh, like if we're listening to the to the type of pop music that's coming out today, it's uh, right. it's difficult for me to to write that. But yeah, but style, think, but style wise, I could see the twenty year olds getting into this. Yes, I definitely could. Yeah, which is really cool. Could. I mean, who doesn't? It's got want... a very nice groove. Yeah, and it moves. The song moves. I mean, and I told Akiva, yeah. I want that. I want the team to hit the floor when they're practicing. Well, that's, that song. that's my question. You know, my question is: Would the team roll their eyes at this song, or would they get into it? I maybe, maybe it's wishful thinking. I think they'd get into it. I think they'd be into it. It's a great theme, so I just think they'd be. You know, why not? Like, like I said, if it's if it sounds modern and sounds, uh, you know, you know, something that'll only pump them up, then why not? Well, I guess time will tell, right? We'll we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find, we'll find out. out. Anyway, but it doesn't really it doesn't really matter as long as we as long as it you know does the circuit and goes all around right. the world and, 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 and as long as the fans love it that's the most important thing. Right, right. Uh, and we've started it out on JM in the AM. Yes, we started it out like here. A, like a lot of other great things we've done together, which is uh, a source of great pride for me, and I thank you for that. Um, My all right, pleasure. So just remind everybody, you hit the U.S. again uh, for the big tour. That'll be what date? So November 29th, which is already second day of Hanukkah. I'm right. not planning on coming in for the first day of Hanukkah, but you never know. If somebody wants something on the on Sunday the 28th right. at night, then I, I would possibly come in earlier. But um, I'm coming in November 29th, and I will be here until December 25th, actually, uh, for pretty, pretty much a whole month. All right, so, so, four, so we get four weeks of Lenny. Yep. All yeah, right. I'm gonna, Looking forward. Everybody out there, Lenny at schlockrock.com if you want to arrange for Lenny to come to uh, your, a town near you, as we like to say, <laughs> an arena near you. Uh, King of Schlock, always a pleasure. I'm going to wrap up with one of my top five Schlockrock songs. So, you know, if you had five guesses, right. if you had five guesses, Lenny, you'd get it right. <laughs> I would. I'm going to do this because, and now, and now, of course, you'll know what song it is. I'm going to do this because tonight our dear friends, the Dietrichs, uh, Ruby and Stewie are making a wedding. The Ditchick and Lazar families uh, celebrating tonight in New Jersey. Leora and David are getting married, so we're going to wish them a mazel tov with this schlock rock classic, King Lenny. And I thank you so much for joining us, as usual. And a good trip back to Israel and a good trip back here at the right time, please God, during Hanukkah. Amen. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Lenny Solomon, that's right. I did not uh, make fun of him for wearing a New Jersey Devils uh, hockey jersey the other day when he was performing from Beit Shemesh. Did not, did not go there, folks. But it was a, But speaking of sports, it was deli a delight to uh, have him on the air to debut the brand-new song in honor of the uh, Yeshiva University men's basketball team. More coming up. It's Monday at JM in the AM. When the chassam meets the right girl and loves her true And the kala sees her man and says he'll do Under the chobah is where they'll be yeah. And he will say hareyat mikudeshesli Under the hope of they will 
was my conversation with Lenny Solomon. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here on NSN, the Malcolm Siegel Network.